Grooveaholics. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Birthed by a love of music, we're all about culture. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. If you gain value from this podcast, personally share it with a friend and explain your favorite part. Let's get groovy. Groovy. What's up, Groovaholics? Ben Albert here. Welcome to the podcast. In this episode, I have a great conversation with Chris Bykirk, CB Video Marketing. He is the video guy, the creative. He's the tour manager for the Sideways and the Special. We record this episode at Wicked Squid Studios in Rochester, New York, and it was actually broadcasted live on Facebook, so you can see us chatting at Wicked Squid. You can see all the uh, the crazy edits and cool video edits that Chris threw into play. So the full experience, you want to go to the show notes to watch that full experience. You want to enjoy uh, the visuals as well. However, if you're an audiophile like me, you don't really watch podcasts on video. That's why I wanted to release this as an episode so you can still listen to the full conversation, hear the music, and enjoy everything that we chat about. Awesome conversation. I mean, Chris is doing great stuff with Les Special. Everybody already knows them. And if you're from Rochester, you know the Sideways. One of the top up-and-coming bands coming out of Rochester. So check out the show notes if you want to check out the video. Stay in touch. Subscribe. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live local regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York and the surrounding area. I am here live. Do we call this live? Whether well, we have a live audience, we're live at Wicked yeah. Squid Studios. Yeah, we'll we'll consider it live. This and I live. am here with Chris Bykirk. Well, What's up, man? Um, CVB Video Marketing? CB Video Marketing. Got it. CB Video Marketing. Chris Biker Video Marketing. And yeah. you are the tour manager, the video guy. Tell me what you do for La Special. Uh, La Special, I am their tour manager and their media manager. So when we go on tour, uh, some of my tasks include driving and making sure we get in, we get to the venue on time. I make sure I meet all the people at the venue, like talk to the stage manager, let them know, you know, that we're here. And I talk to the audio guys and I help set them up. And I, I'm pretty much like the middleman between the band and the rest of the world uh, on tour. Uh, I book all their hotels. I book all the Airbnbs. Um, I manage their finances on the road. Just typical tour managing tasks yeah yeah so that's a lot of fun uh on top of that i also help manage their media i provide photos for them whether it's any type of photo shoot or press photo and i also take live photos of them performing on stage as well as video and graphics and flyers and all that fun stuff so. And your background started in video, right? Have you always done, I mean, you're doing everything, man. Have you always been 
a man of many hats. Have you? Is this the first time you've been a tour manager? It sounds like you're doing pretty much everything for them. Um, I wouldn't say everything. There's there's a lot more behind the scenes yeah, totally. on on the entire on the entire team and this entire project. But uh, my background does include a lot of media. I mean, my father was an engineer, but his hobby was uh, being a photographer and a videographer. And so growing up with him, uh, I would get all of his hand-me-down cameras and video editing softwares and computers because he was the, the tech nerd that always needed to have the best and the latest and the greatest. And, you know, with technology, there's always something new, whether it's a few months in advance or a year in advance or two years in advance. So every year or two, he would upgrade all of his stuff and give me all of his old stuff. And so I was so fascinated by photography and videography just on the creative aspect. You could create anything. And that also included, you know, movies and and these weird little graphics. And so I was playing with Photoshop and Adobe Premiere starting at the age of like 10, 11, you know, while everyone was playing with Microsoft Paint, I was playing with Microsoft <laughs> or uh, Adobe Premiere yeah. and Adobe Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, I did a lot of that. And um, after high school, I started doing a lot of that on the side for companies I worked for. Or, as a third party, if you will. And, um, that transitioned into the music world eventually. Yeah. And, yeah. and I almost feel like we started at the end. We'll go back chronologically in a moment. <laughs> okay. But, uh, Le Special right now is really just breaking free in prop popularity. Yeah. Their music's just soaring in popularity, growing as a band. You guys just had a New Year's what is it, a New Year's Eve stream? It's a New Year's Eve stream. It's funny because we're recording this before the stream, so I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, right. But by the time this premieres, you'll Correct. <laughs> you'll be able to see it. Yeah, so so yesterday... Well, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. So yesterday, Jan uh, December 29th, right? T yesterday was December 29th? Sounds about yeah. right, yeah. Um, I was just in Boston with the special crew uh this this company called audio spectrum they're a company that provides audio and visual um production for you know concert venues and music festivals and stuff like that they haven't been doing anything all year and so our manager reached out to one of his contacts at audio spectrum and kind of set up this very unique in-house stage production and we were the first ones to do it. And they had this 180 degree LED panel with these amazing stage lights, like something you would see in a huge stadium venue. And they let us perform with this production. And I got down there to film it and photo, uh, you know, take photos of it and, and, you know, technically tour manage it. <laughs> But that yeah. was really fun, really cool. Yeah. Uh, huge shout out to our entire special team for making this happen. Um, yeah, so we're excited about it. Yeah. Very excited about it. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I know we're we're doing this before. It, yeah. it has already been on. Is there going to be a replay? Is there a replay? That so so it's going to be streaming through the special Facebook. 
I paused there for a second. It's going to be streaming through the special Facebook, the special YouTube, and a couple other platforms. And once it streams and premieres live, it will be viewable to watch anytime you want after that because it just automatically saves on those platforms. So That's yeah, awesome. And 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 the stream is completely free. We're doing it, no charge, no nothing. We're just accepting open donations. Love yeah. it. So, so the special, how did you link up with these guys in the first place? I mean, we're here in Rochester, New York. Um, they've came to Rochester a lot. They've came to the region a lot. They're selling out shows. Were you a fan and we're just like, Hey man, I want to work with you. Did you, did you have connections that got you in touch with them? How, how did you get on the La special team in the first place? So when I first let, met La special, I had no idea who they were like at like at all right i never heard of the name i've never heard of their music um and i was very very premature in the music world i mean when i met them it's probably like a year into the music world and um during this time i've i i collaborated with a few people and uh you know no offense mm -hmm. no beers me and him were working together at the time with his collective and I was doing all the marketing and media for him. And we decided to put on this event in Rochester called the winter sizzler, which was a very successful event. Uh, we did it twice in a twice, two times in a row. Third time was supposed to be in a couple weeks, but there's the winter. Did you do the summer as well? Yeah, we did the summer sizzler as well. So there's winter, summer, and then another winter. Yep. So it was Winter Sizzler, Summer Sizzler, and then we had an electronic event in the fall time, and then it got back into the Winter Sizzler. Mm. But for the first one, you know, we were discussing the roster and, you know, a bunch of things. And, you know, one of the topics was the roster. And we needed, like, a solid headliner at the time on a certain budget because this is our first time. We were just kids that wanted to just throw a really cool event. Right. And we're just figuring out everything as we go. He brought up La Special. I was like, "Who? Who the fuck is La Special?" You know. So he put on one of their songs, and I was like, eh, "I'm not really, not really feeling it." You know, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Um, you know, they're listening right now, right? I know they're listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna kill me for saying this, but he's like, "Listen, man, trust me. Their live atmosphere, their energy, the 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 sonic sound that they bring to a live setting is." is incredible. And I was like, all right, man, I'll take your word for it. You know? So, um, the day of the winter sizzler comes, one of my tasks during the winter sizzler was to, um, capture the entire event, you know, video photos, yada, yada, yada. Um, and when the special went on, like the whole transition from start to finish, I was just like, falling deeply in love with their sound right um because if you watch my work i first started doing a lot of recap videos that was what that was my specialty making recap videos just taking uh, a two hour a two hour event and compressing it into 30 to 60 seconds that was my specialty mm -hmm. and with their fast pace and their quick cuts and their heavy hits it, it like matched my style of video editing and like, I didn't even know that's what I was searching for hmm. until I heard their music. So I was so excited about it that later that night, you know, the, the, 
The event ends at 2, 3 a.m. I get home at 4 a.m. because I'm helping, like, pack up and, you know, running everything out of the event. Um, I edited it in, like, three hours, just their segment Mm. with the footage I got of just them. And I posted it the next day to to promote the second day of the Winter Sizzler. Johnny Grisowskis, who's the guitarist and lead vocalist of the special, reached out to me and was like, yo, this video is tight. <laughs> like, who who are you? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm the fucking guy who wants to know who you are. Like, I wanna I wanna do more work with you guys. Your your music channels my videos. And, you know, it was a symbiotic relationship. He was like, your videos channel our music. So he started reaching out to me more and inviting me out to more shows. And, um, at first it started like doing one show a month, whether it was in Rochester second one i think was in new york city the third one was back in rochester the fourth one was some random town in pennsylvania and then um they invited me out to my first music festival as a media provider and you know filmed them there and they brought me on to like i think accumulated six seven music festivals Hmm. that following summer after the what was that first one the first one was Disc Jam Music Festival.
which was awesome because for me, it was a huge networking pool of artists and, and, and people who love music and other media providers. I made a lot of contacts there and, um, I think it was at Sonic Bloom, which was late June or early June. I always forget the date. Sonic Bloom is a is a music festival in Colorado that La Special was playing at. And so they flew me out to do, you know, media for them. And um Johnny came up to me and was like, Listen, man, we got this huge tour coming up. It's the longest tour we've ever done. It's the biggest tour we've ever done. And we really need like a solid tour manager. And we feel like you have, you know, the knowledge and skill set to kind of pick that up quick and, and do that for us. Are you interested? And I was like, yeah, man, I, I'll consider it. And like later that day, I had actually had, I had to Google what tour manager was. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I had no fucking idea what tour manager even meant. Right. And I'm like reading the list and I'm like, okay, I could do this. Okay. I could do this. Okay. This is simple. And so I responded to him and said, yeah, I'm, I'm in. And he's like, all right, let me talk to my team, blah, 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 blah. Let me settle it with them and see what we could do. And, um, for, for a long period of time, I didn't get any answers. So I like continuously like followed up like, Hey, like I need to know if I, if, this is what you want of me to do because at the, during this whole entire time, I had a full-time job. I had a nine to five doing sales and marketing. So like while I was doing all this music stuff on the side, I was configuring that outside of my work schedule. So all these music festivals and stuff I went to, I would take like a, a vacation day on a Friday, leave Thursday night and be home by Sunday night. So I could go back to work. So if I was going to do this tour manager thing, that means I got to quit my job. So I'm like, listen, man, am I quitting my job or am I not? And they're like, well, finances and the, the, you know, finances are not looking too good. I'm like, I'll do it for this price. And if you like me, we'll continue going. And it was like a price they could not say no to. And for me, I just wanted the experience. Yeah. The opportunity. Yeah. And the, and the opportunity. And so like at that point they're like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And went on tour with them. And ever since like, I'm now part of the team, which feels amazing. It feels great. And at first it was a little tough for me financially, but because of going on tour with them and meeting all these people on the road across the country, I made all these connections and network that helped my media business grow exponentially. And so that was the symbiotic relationship that we had at the time. I had no reputation. I had no portfolio. They didn't have a consistent team member that does the tasks that I do as far as, you know, helping manage them and and doing their media. So it just, the stars aligned with our relationship and what we both needed in our careers. And we just collaborated and became one and it was pretty cool how that grew into what it is now yeah it's beautiful the way it's grown yeah and i mean covid's hit it's been a while since covid hit 
Isla Special touring? How has that shooken things up? I mean, have you had to return <laughs> to the workplace? Like, what's the past six months look like, man? Um, you know, at first, obviously, it sucked for everyone and everything. Yeah. All of our tours got canceled, obviously. <laughs> and we kind of were just sitting there twiddling our thumbs like, like, fuck this. We need to do something. And so one of the things that was special really focused on, which they've been working on forever. And when I say forever, like two, three years, progressively working on their new album, Ancient Homies, which is the hoodie I'm wearing right now, especially yeah, Ancient is. Homies. And uh, <clears throat> how do I get one of those? Uh, go on lespecial.net www.lespecial.net all of our merchandise and stuff is on there you don't have one in the trunk for me brother (laughs) (laughs) i i I wish actually this is a a limited edition hoodie they they did this for like a certain uh couple of weeks and then they stopped all the sales it was like a christmas holiday sale so cool if you want one of these you should out of luck (laughs) um so so they really kind of just buckled down and, and cranked out the new album, you know, and that was interesting, too, because most studios weren't allowing people in and the 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 people that they wanted involved couldn't travel. So they did like remote tracking um, out of their homes, mostly out of their homes. So they would track in their homes with the equipment that they have, send it off to somebody and you know they would do their thing and then send it back how do you like this no i kind of want this change so it was was a weird way a different way to you know get an album recorded but they did it and it was awesome and the process was great and you know we got it out and it's a huge success everybody loves it It's, it's awesome if you haven't checked out ancient homies yet you should go check it out so as I was saying, the album got done. We did a couple of outdoor venue shows and a couple of drive-ins and a couple of streams. Actually, right. in the beginning of COVID, we did a lot of streams, which is really fun and cool. Called the Cheen Stream. They're still on our the Facebook. Cheen? Cheen Stream. Cheen Stream? Yeah, Cheen was the the name of their second album, Cheen. Love it. Yeah. Gene Stream just has a nice flow to it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And we're on to now. And we're on to now. What's going on in 2021? Bucket list of what you're going to do this year. Um, What's on the band's, you know, agenda? I mean, from what we've learned of the scenario in 2020 is, you know, we played a good amount of shows, live shows, outdoors. Uh, we did it right. You know, we did it how everyone wanted it to be. But actually half of those shows we were supposed to play got canceled. You know, mm. we were supposed to play X amount of shows, but instead we played this amount of shows because last minute they would be canceled because of all the COVID laws and all that stupid shit. Right. And so it's really tough to do any long-term planning. Right. Everything right. is short-term. You know, and when, when I mean short term, like two, three months in advance, for example, this new year's Eve stream we just filmed yesterday, we came up with that idea two weeks ago (laughs) because we had, we had all these plans three months ago that got canceled on us three weeks ago. 
You know what I mean? Um, so everything is mega short term and the laws are continuously changing through every single state. True. So it's really, really tough to kind of give any type of forecast or give anybody anything to look forward to because, you know, we just don't know. Expect the unexpected. Right. You know, like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen quick. And, um, you know, just keep your eyes peeled. I know everybody's itching and everyone's getting a little stir crazy and everyone's kind of got this wishful thinking attitude, but really like you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I've talked to so many people in the music industry on the East coast, the West coast, down South in the Midwest, like me personally, just like trying to do some research. Um, and the short answer is, I don't know. So I think it's a good opportunity to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish I had the answers. I've talked to a lot of people and I don't think any of us have any, you know, we have intuitions, but do we have the answers? No, it it changes every day. And it's a good opportunity to learn how to handle the tech side of things. Live streaming is a thing that has been going on forever, but now everybody's live streaming. They're considering it. People are tracking, recording albums, writing. Once this opens up, even if we're at a quarter capacity, even if we're at half capacity, we could be at a tenth capacity and charge five times as much for a ticket, and I'll pay for that ticket. Like, I want to be at that show because I feel like we're going to come out of this way more durable, more mm. way more uh, resilient, and all the musicians are writing more and more music that right. we haven't heard yet. So right. we'll have to look forward to. Yeah, it's it's definitely a weird time, man. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you heard that this year? <laughs> but, Every day. But it it's the truth. It's just, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, well, let's look at what we can do right now. So we, we need to check out that stream, mm-hmm. the New Year's Eve stream. Where did you record it? Did you did you mention that yet? Yeah, at the Audio Spectrum Warehouse. Right, got it. Um, which is normally stocked with all their equipment. They've This is the first time they've ever done this. They set up an actual like stage production yeah. in their warehouse, which was really cool and really awesome. Here's Here's a few pictures. let's let's listen to a track do you have any live videos any teasers anything special we can watch yeah actually you know what i could um we could put on one of the songs from the stream yeah uh my favorite song visually and sonically was is is a song called tonberry and that's their fifth track on their new album very hard heavy hitting um here it is. Here it is, Tom Barry.
Listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Head over to Facebook, like Rochester Groovecast, and mark our page as C first to keep in touch with everything new. Now back to the show. So, so I've always known the special is hard hitting, yeah, heavy, yeah. It blows my mind that the jam scene and the jam band scene is open arms to La Special. This is like heavy metal music, prog rock almost. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool, man. Um, yeah, it, it is it's it's funny how like we're in the jam scene. I mean, we love we love the jam scene and everybody in it and everyone we know and met in it, but it it, it is it is funny how we stand out genre-wise. Yeah. You know, with with all of our, you know, um, you know, friends and family who are in the jam scene. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, with what's cool about La Special is it isn't straight metal. I mean, there's some electronic elements. It'll get soft. It'll get synthy. Then it'll get heavy. And then suddenly there'll be like a heavy metal breakdown. People will start moshing. I never would expect that out of a bunch of hippies at a, you know, jam band, you know, <laughs> festival, but it, it's, it's great. It, it's a great difference to it. And, you know, touring with a lot of jam bands in that, you know, scene, you guys hit hard, right? You mm-hmm. guys hit hard. So things have to get weird. There's obviously sometimes drinking and drugs involved and you're out in crazy places there's got to be some awesome like touring stories i don't know if you've got one three five a million but on tour at shows there's got to be some crazy stories right uh yeah there's there's a lot of crazy stories um i won't we won't we won't get into like we won't get into like you know talking about fans and how crazy (laughs) the experiences we've had like coming across them but uh, I guess a funny story is um, last year, around this time last year, the special was on tour with Lotus, a five-day Lotus run for New Year's. We started in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and then we did the countdown in Baltimore, Maryland. And in Baltimore, Maryland, we were backstage. Luke was like, let's go, let's go like hang out with the crowd. Let's go interact with the crowd. He's like, can you just like follow me around as a hidden camera? I'm going to go fuck with them a little bit. And he walks outside and the first thing he says on the video and this, and this video is posted online. It's not like a hidden video. Like you can go watch this right now. <laughs> you got, you got to clip in some of it. Yeah. I'll clip in some of it. Yeah. Um, but he, the first thing he says, he screams out, yo, does anyone have a Deems pen I can hit? <laughs> like he walks outside of this huge venue, Ram's head. Rams head live in Baltimore walks outside during Lotus's set break. So it's filled with like hundreds of humans smoking yeah. cigarettes and hanging out, getting High fresh adrenaline, air. Adrenaline, getting yeah. fresh air. Yeah. So he's like, yo, does anyone have a Deems pen I can hit? And he's just starts walking up to people. Girls, do you guys have any Deem pens? Do you have any DMT or anything? No, no, it's okay. It's fine. No problem. No problem. No problem. Yo, you got a DMT pen? Yo, you got a DMT pen? And the reactions people give. You guys have any DMT? are just they're so genuine and real and they're like who the fuck is this guy like this guy's creeping me out yeah. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and like he probably interacted with like 50 people in the video wow and then finally like 
someone was like, yo, man, you looking to blast off? And I shut off the camera because <laughs> this dude thought like he genuinely wanted DMT. But like when, as soon as I shot the camera, I, I went, I, I looked at Luke and I'm like, the camera's off. He's like, all right, we got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> Is that part of the video that's that's on camera yeah you could hear it it's like <laughs> yo you trying to blast off and i just like blast off yeah shut up the camera i was like all right dude we're done with this we're not buying dmt right like at this venue right now it's not happening you know my tour managing senses kicked in i'm like we're not doing dmt right oops sorry. right yeah <laughs> i'm thinking like moral of the story there's no moral of the story. There is no moral of the story. If you ask enough people for DMT at a Lotus show. <laughs> yeah, you don't do that, especially as an artist. Sure. You don't just walk into the crowd and start asking for DMT. I mean, if you knew Luke like all of our fans and I do, right? Uh, you know, obviously he's joking. And like in the right. video, you'll see that he's joking. Right. Yeah, but it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Anything else for us? Um, Festival moments audience moments it's got to be crazy just uh let's say you're recording the audience do you ever you know get clips of people oh yeah absolutely obscure things absolutely i mean you you mentioned it earlier you know it's it's hard to imagine a bunch of you know jam based audiences you know jamming out to the special but like it's cool because, you know, the special brings out this dark side, heavy side of these, yeah. you know, these people. And, like, they do weird dances and people are partaking in substances that, you know, make you do weird things to some weird sounds. And so I, I love I love filming the audience. I love filming the people dancing because, you know, that's that's a pure... That's a pure product of what La Special is offering is, 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 you know, capturing the moment someone is feeling during their performance mm. and it's awesome, you know, and, and you look back on all the footage I have of the audience dancing and, and interacting with La Special. Um, it's a, it's, you wouldn't expect to see this type of person there or this type of person there and everyone in between. So it, like it, it, it reaches out to all audiences and, but all audiences from different backgrounds and different styles. And you could tell like this person is this type of person for the mm -hmm. most part. And this person is this type of person, but they're all dancing and having fun the same way. It's pretty cool. To, it's pretty cool to witness what, what the special does to their fans. Yeah. Bridging gaps. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I think kindly of them because I'm a metalhead from high school, middle school. I'm a hippie now. I love reggae. I love sky. I love yeah. blues music. I love everything, really. Mm -hmm. But I love metal. And it's nice to bridge that gap between, you know, people that like all these different genres and then have a band that's incorporating all these different genres to create their own sound. Right. But having that, you know... Primus, Heavy Metal. Primus is a good example just because they get super freaking heavy, but I wouldn't call them a metal band. Mm -hmm. Does La Special define themselves? Is there something they're going for? Is there... They they definitely are... Not to box anybody in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they definitely are going for a unique sound and genre, in my opinion. And I think there's a, there's a lot of people out there that can attest to that. 
Um, I mean, we do have elements of Primus. We do have elements of Tool. We have elements of Nine Inch Nails. We have elements of, you know, Slayer, if you will. Um, and then we have elements of a lot of, a lot of DJ producers. And so to combine all those and morph them into what La Special is, it, it, it's, it's, it's really tough. You know, a lot of people ask me, like, if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to promote La Special to like a friend or someone I just met. And they're like, well, what type of music is it? That's like one of the hardest questions I could ever answer. Like you just can't really give them an a-, a straight up answer of what type of music it is. Right. You just kind of have to listen and kind of figure it out on your own. Right. So I, I guess I, I guess, yeah, they're, they're creating something new. There's something to be said for seeing the show live as well. Cause the experience on the album's, far different than the the live omen with the lights with the audience with the energy um because i haven't listened to much list special i'll be honest with you but i've seen them live four times mm-hmm. saw them at disc jam a couple of times i've seen them at flower city and my gosh like people go crazy excitement energy um yeah. it's hard to define that as as you and, know they're a live band and i think you know going back to earlier our conversation i think this element really affected what i was searching for in my video work mm-hmm. you know uh i mean i love doing work with all these jam bands and all these other types of genres but but again it's their element of music that really brought out my true style of media you know, and they helped me find that, yeah, which is great. And also going back earlier to our conversation, when I first heard them in a studio recording, I was like, eh, right. not really feeling it. Um, but now when I listen to their studio work, it, all it does is just remind me of how crazy and how amazing those live experiences are. It's kind of like, it like brings me back like a flashback, mm. which is awesome. So like my job as a media person in as a whole and you know more specifically special is to capture these moments to show people that like this is more than just crazy music mm-hmm. it's 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 a feeling that is being created inside you that brings out this part of you that is insane and like these guys can help you channel that insanity a little bit you know like it did for me yeah you know so I'm just trying to share that experience I have with other people and share the experiences other people have with more people, you know, and this is more than just a marketing standpoint from a business standpoint, like this music really actually changed who I am. And that's kind of, that's like my goal with, with just media in general is just helping people understand why people are doing what they're doing at these events you know, having yeah. a great time, letting letting themselves go, be yeah. free a little bit. It it does help people understand. It validates, you know, when a good piece of media comes out. For me, it validates my experience. I'm like, yeah, that's how I felt. This is encapsulated. This is captured. Right. Um, to go go back, you you know, you mentioned that first time you filmed them. You're you're up till four in the morning or later, just at the venue. Did you do the editing that night or the next day? Oh, that night. That night. Absolutely. I was so, so excited. So so you're up all night. Yeah. 
was there like a a moment that you know you the the switch flipped where you're just like wow like we're onto something here you said that their energy kind of cap your style and their energy kind of went hand in hand there was alignment but while you were editing that night like did you feel something did you realize it was going to be something oh yeah yeah i was like i I knew that i had to pursue them Mm -hmm. a little bit you know they just beat me to the punch yeah you know um i wasn't expecting them to reach out to me and be like we want to do more work with you that wasn't really like it it just wasn't in my mindset i wasn't like i'm gonna create this video so i can do more business with (laughs) them yeah yeah and i was like i'm gonna create this video because this is how i feel about them and it just naturally became a business relationship which is awesome. And now it's even more than business. I mean, I consider them family now. You know, we've spent so much time with each other and we communicate a lot with each other. Like we know our deepest, darkest, darkest secrets about each other. So we're pretty tight and it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. What we've created together, you know, with their music, my media and, and everyone's mindset on the team. It's just fucking awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's like that's like the main thing I do now is the special, you know. I have my media company CB Video Marketing. But now it's like my my main position is the special. Mm. You know. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And let's let's pay tribute to what got you there because from my understanding you weren't, you know, in the music scene when you started your video marketing. That wasn't your goal, right? To be a music guy yeah no way like what never even crossed my mind no well what were you doing before you know you were in the music business with the video marketing were you doing weddings uh were you what what i mean what were you doing man (laughs) so i um for the wedding business is great i'm not even going to talk about weddings (laughs) i no way i hate weddings (laughs) but um what I was doing before was I was in sales and marketing for an industrial company selling electric motors, um, which was very unique niche product in the market. And, uh, I was a national sales manager or salesman, if you will, for a certain territory of the United States. And for seven years I sold electric motors through a phone and, You know, uh, a handful of times I would travel out to my specific territory and meet customers face to face. And it was awesome. I made really great money doing it and I was really good at it. And, you know, as the years went by, my one of my um, high school friends, shout out Sam Pastorella, drum matrix, super cool, awesome producer who lives out in Denver right now. He we grew up together in Webster. And after he graduated high school, he moved to Denver for college and he's still out there to this day. He just like fell in love with Denver and still lives there. And every year he would visit home Memorial day weekend. And, you know, without batting an eyelash, we'd always hang out and we'd always goof around and do crazy stuff and have a great time. And one year he came back, which was, uh, May, 2017, I know these dates because they're very <laughs> impacting in my life. May 2017, he brought his girlfriend, um, Audrey Kramer. Shout out Audrey. Love you, Audrey. 
still together, love her, mm. and was like, he 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 looked at me and was like, dude, you've become this materialistic ego Yikes. fuck maniac. Like you need to come out to Colorado and experience a a, a, a real hippie crazy out of this world culture shock music festival called arise and i'm like ah, i don't know man maybe <laughs> i'm like you know i'm here in my suit and tie just like right. i don't know about all that man like it's not really who i am he's like i'm like i'll do it next year he's like you've been telling me fucking next year for the past eight years like it's time to go yeah like you need to like you need to escape this reality a little bit Right. And I'm like, all right, fine. So I planned this trip with our other good friend, Chris Hammerl. And it was just the three bros and his girlfriend who, you know, went to Colorado, saw Denver a little bit. And then we go to this music festival. And if you've ever been to a rise, it is the most culture shock music festival like hmm. ever. <laughs> Like for me, you sure. know, you got this really, you know, prompt up my Thai fucking business <laughs> successful salesman. And now I'm in the mountains surrounded by people that don't even fucking wear clothes or shower. Right. And I'm, you know, surrounded by all this music and like this, this love and peace for nature. And I'm just like, what the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> like at first I hated it. I was like judging people. I was right. like, fuck this. Yeah. Like, this sucks. And, you know, metaphorically speaking, my buddy Sam just like took a spoonful of Molly and just shoved it in my fucking mouth. I mean, I obviously it didn't go down like that. But, he's like, but he convinced me to take some Molly and do some mushrooms, like a lot of it. And that'll change your mood. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I was fighting it, the high for a long time actually sure and was like pissed off and regretting that i ever did this trip but finally i just you know i was just, i was like you know what i'm just gonna let go i'm gonna configure to the vibes and the environment and give it a chance and as soon as i like had that mindset everything just like untensed up and like flowed and like released and like i just became part of the festival and i was like mm. oh i totally fucking get it now i totally understand why people do this it's to just take a couple of days off and just purge out all of the bullshit that you've been dealing with for a year and just like have some fucking fun like who cares anymore you know, just for these certain amount of days, who cares? Just enjoy the music, enjoy the people, enjoy the conversations, understand the cultures that these people are coming from and, and have conversations with them and, and, and experience it a little bit. And that was really, really pivoting for me. <laughs> and, you know, obviously, that. obviously the drugs <laughs> had a huge influence in that, but, um, it changed my entire mindset on on everything everything completely and this was only the first day <laughs> there's three more days to go right on the on the second day i took the same amount 
and but you know going into it with a with a good mindset yeah um tipper goes on okay you know, tipper yeah uh, and i obviously didn't know who tipper was yeah but i'm in the crowd and right before tipper goes on i'm i'm making friends with these hippies and um mid conversation one of them was like hey man do you want some tea <laughs> and i'm like yeah that like the logical part of me was like i could really hydrate right now i'll right. i'll drink the shit out of that tea <laughs> chug this tea and then tipper goes on and all of a sudden like i get this second wave of visuals <laughs> <laughs> like every movement has a trail every every color is glistening and i'm like what the fuck is going on i'm freaking out yeah. all my friends are gone it's just me surrounded by a bunch of strangers and i was so overwhelmed i had to leave the crowd and i'm as i'm like you know digging my way out out of this crowd heading back to the campsite i was like it had to have been the tea that i drank sure like it just clicked in my head i'm like yeah. i don't know what it is but that's what it had to be and like all of a sudden like all my my sensory overload just kind of like went down a little bit and so I was like, all right, I'm going to go back in the crowd. But before I went back in the crowd, I'm staring at this huge ridge canyon um, that's lit up by LEDs. And I'm just like staring at it. And I'm like, I'm fucking climbing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm fucking climbing up that right now. Yeah. So I go back to the campsite, pack up a backpack, put my hammock in there, throw some water in there, throw some cliff bars in there. And I found a dark spot of this can of this ridge. And props were preparing, huh? By the way, props were preparing. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than just yeah. run it at it. <laughs> and and it's and it's like a eighty foot ridge, eighty yeah. foot cliff, yeah, lit up by LEDs. And I found this one spot that's not lit up, and I free climbed this fucking thing. And it wasn't like straight verticals. I mean, there were like seventy degree inclines, and you know, a few flat spots, but I climbed it. Luckily, didn't get hurt. I don't suggest doing that ever. Climbing a rock wall, heavily influenced by whatever I drank. <laughs> and I set up my hammock, and I'm watching the rest of Tipper from this hammock. Yeah. And then, and then Tipper ended, and you could see just thousands of people disperse. Right. And as soon as that happened, I was like, holy shit, I feel like I'm looking at a physical representation of my organs and my brain right now, you okay. know? Yeah. And like, I got this like jittery feeling. And I just remember saying out loud to myself, how do I describe or explain this to yeah. anyone back home? And I'm like, I wish I had my fucking camera. And as soon as I said that, like something clicked in my head and I was like, <gasps> like, there you go. I need to document the music industry. And that was like my epiphany. And the last day of the music festival uh, was closed off by Dopapod. And again, I was mega fucked up. 
on the rail watching Dopapod, just like in awe, like of Dopapod. And I was like, nice. These guys are from Philly. I'm going to, I'm going to go pursue these guys when I go back home. Yeah. So, um, a few days later, I go back home. And I reach out to everybody I know who is affiliated with music at all in Rochester. And I came across Nick and Zena, who I went to high school with. Right. He was in a band called Elephant in the Room yep. at the time. And he's like... Good yeah. guy. He's having a second baby. Yeah, yeah. Great guy, man. I love that guy. He's so funny and so full of energy. Good attitude. Um. But I reached out to him. He's like, oh, dude, perfect, man. I'm playing this festival uh, called the Pumpkin Patch Pow Wow. <laughs> right. uh, why don't you come on by and film it? And I'm like, cool. And so I'm like, I'll... <laughs> I'm super nervous, you know? Yeah. I've never done anything like this before. I know cameras. I know. I know how to do it. I've just never done it before. And for some reason, the music industry really intimidated me at first. And I show up to Shane's house, Shane Bolt. It's not that intimidating. And I call Nick and I'm like, are you sure you gave me the right address? Because I'm thinking in my head, music festival. Sure. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is a huge music festival. There's going to be so many people there. And I show up to Shane's house and there's like 10 people there. Because it was like one, Nick had a 1 p.m. set. Got it. He was opening the pumpkin patch powwow. Private party, basically. Right. And I show up and I call Nick. I'm like, dude, are you sure you gave me the right address, man? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you've been there, you know, like at first it's anyways, he's like, it's a big land. Oh yeah. It's a great land. It's it's, great. It's not a tipper show or a dopapod show. Right. Right. But in my head, that's what I was thinking. Cause I've never been to many shows before. So arise kind of set the bars for me. Sure. At first, but I show up, there's 10 people. They're playing off like a really small PA system. And I'm just like awkwardly standing there with my camera (laughs) in broad daylight, sweating. It was so hot. There's like four people sitting there. One of them had his dog and two of them are my friends that I brought and like sold them on the fact that this is going to be a huge event. (laughs) And um, I filmed Elephant in the Room. That was my first gig ever. Nick gave me $10. (laughs) Not bad. Yeah, not bad for a first dollar day. a person. Yeah, um, Shane and and Pat West. Yeah, uh, approached me after I filmed and was like, "What are you doing later? This is going on. This is going on all night. Right? Can you can you come back later tonight and do this?" And I was like, "I don't know. Today's my birthday. I got a bunch of things <laughs> to do. It was my birthday. Okay. Yeah. October twenty first, two thousand seventeen. And I went back later that night, filmed the pumpkin patch powwow, and that recap video." got me more work with the Rochester scene um, and which led to, you know, working with Noah and working with people like personal blend and meeting people like, you know, my, with my involvement with the sideways, I've done work with root shock, um, you know, bunch of local Rochester heads, which was awesome. 
Um, and then I reached out to Dopapod. I was like, all right, I wanted to kind of get grease up my bearings before I reached out to Dopapod first. And I reached out to Dopapod. I'm like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I'll make a free recap for you at the Westcott Theater in Syracuse. And they're like, yeah, sure, come on down. Like, just like that. And I was, like, super psyched. And I was like, all right, I'm going to pack up all this gear. I'm going to buy all this stuff and, like, bring it down. And I made this awesome recap for them. And That um, launched my career in another direction. Now I could work with more people outside of the state of New York because, you know, Dopapod had a huge following, which led to my involvement with OctaveCat. with Lotus. And then then that's when kind of, around the same time frame that's kind of when the special happened. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, congrats, man. It, one thing that's beautiful about the music scene is that, you know, you're offering to do something for free. The bands are like, hell yeah, you can come in and record us. Yeah, absolutely. Take awesome videos and do recaps. Yeah. And it all came full circle. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you, man. It's cool stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was a huge learning curve yeah. and, um, you know, all the, you know, all the aspects of my sales and mar marketing job, you know, I was great. Like I said, I was great at it. I made really good money, but I absolutely hated it. Mm. Absolutely hated it. Yeah. You know, when I came back from a rise, I started realizing like, this is not what I want to be doing anymore. You know, I, uh, so that's why I pursued the music career. So for, for, um, two years, August, 2017, which is when arises through August, 2019, um, I was building my portfolio in the music industry while working this nine to five while, you know, um, being on call for the entire company too. That was another, you know, um, aspect of my office career. I was always on call. Hmm. So, you know, I'd pick up the phone while I'm in a music venue with a line of, you know, people are doing cocaine next to me and I'm like, Hey, how, how can I help you today? <laughs> um, so that was fun. Yeah. But when I when I quit that office job and, and joined the circus full time, it was like the best career decision I've ever made in my entire life. You know? I invested all my money with my sales job and then now I comfortably can do whatever I want in the music industry. Yeah. And it's great. Shedding the old skin, man. Absolutely. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. 
Shedding the old skin. You're doing all sorts of stuff now. Obviously with special, that's going somewhere huge. You mentioned your association with the Sideways. I know we were going to check out one of their tracks. Yeah. You want to preface the track? And ultimately, how'd you get in touch with the Sideways? So, um, um, after doing work with the, the pumpkin patch powwow, Shane Bolt and Pat West, um, that helped gain recognition of my work. I mean, these guys saw my work and, and they had an, they had an idea going on, uh, about throwing a, um, a festival called the, the Groove Q, the Groove Q uh, upward Groove Q. That's yeah. right. That's right. There's a few of those. Yeah, the upward groove cue and and um Joe Stelly, the lead singer and creator and founder of the Sideways and his business partner at the time, both approached me and asked me out for lunch. And so we got lunch and they're like, "We saw your work. Do you want to be involved? What can you do?" And I gave him my pitch and Joey's business partner at the time was like, yes, I love it. Joe at the time was like, I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I later found this out. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I executed what I said I was going to do. Unfortunately, during, t- during, <laughs> because of certain events. He's the, here. Yeah. Joe Stelly is, <laughs> is manning my cameras right now. <laughs> um, due to unfortunate events, we had to shut down the music festival the day before it happened. But then an hour later we, we were like, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so not a lot of people showed up, but the people who did show up, we had a fucking awesome time. Shuffle off to your average life Creating memories that you can show It was really fun. And I like just got back from my second arise. So I was still in my like <laughs> hippie mode, like handing everybody mushrooms. I yeah. probably handed out like two ounces of mushrooms that weekend at the Groove Q <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> to everyone. Like it was just a really friendly vibe and super fun. And that's when Joe and I really connected. Um, he was like, okay, this guy's legit. He does a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. Um, but he was, he approached me shortly after the festival and was like, Hey man, I got this project called the sideways. Yeah. Um, that could really, you know, use some attention in the media world or with a little bit of help. And we play in a couple weeks, come check us out. Let us know what you think. And I'm like, okay, sure. I'll consider it. So I go out to the show. I think it was at uh, Three Heads Brewing, um, and I'm standing there listening to them, and I'm like, "These guys have a lot of potential." 
these guys have a really awesome, powerful sound. Um, so I went up to him after the show and said, you know, good show. This is great. Let's sit down. Let's talk about what you have in mind. And, um, that led to me becoming their manager slash media provider. And it took a little bit for me to really engage with the project. Um, at the time, this is before I was even a tour manager for the special. Hmm. Um, it got to that point where I was like, listen, man, let me go on tour with the special. Let me figure this out a little bit. Let me understand the market. Let me understand the business. And then when I get back from tour, I'll take what I learned and apply it to the sideways. That's a compliment. So the special is your test subject. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Go. Yeah. I mean, cause, cause at first I was like, yeah, I'll be your manager. But right. then like when the managing tasks start, started to come up, I was, I really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And so finally I took a step back and was like, let me get, let me, let me, let me get some experience first. Right. And when I came back from tour, um, you know, we started moving things on along a little bit, you know, we, we got our first EP recorded and I was like, okay, I'm going to take my network with the special, apply it to the sideways and try and get you guys a tour. And it was kind of successful. It was, it was kind of going somewhere. I had a full tour for them in the fall, this past fall and one semi in the winter time. And we had, we were supposed to play a bunch of music festivals and then COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, just like everyone else, <laughs> tour went down the fucking drain. Yeah. But I saw this as an opportunity because the Sideways is not a big band. Not yet, at least. It's very small. Um, not physically, because there's nine fucking people in the band. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very it's very small as far right. as like our reputation goes. Yeah. So I was like, let's take advantage of this. Let's just crank out some fucking music. Let's crank out some streams. Let's crank out some some photo shoots and show people that we're being active online because online is really all we have right now. And so since COVID up until now, we released two EPs. We did uh, a handful of pop-up shows. We did a handful of live streams. Uh, we've done a handful of, you know, music writing, like as we speak right now, the sideways is working on a, on a single. And when this single is done, we're going to be working on another single. And there's, you know, we've talked about in one year from now, maybe even doing a full length album, you know? So we're just constantly, we're just constantly like figuring out ways and to just build ourselves yeah. Um, and don't quote me on the full length album thing yet. <laughs> Cause Joe is just, I can see Joe staring at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> but who knows, man, we cranked out two EPs in, in one year. Yeah. Who's to say we can't do a full length album by next year. You know what I mean? We're, like I said, we're, we're staying very active. And, um, my job right now is to just present ideas and help them execute it that's really all i can do right now as as well as promote our band with the contacts that i have um so that's been fun and very exciting if you haven't heard the sideways uh we're on all streaming platforms um and i think we're going to play a song 
yeah. off the latest album called Better Days. Was that recorded here? That was recorded here at Wicked Squid Studio you, while we're doing this. You said that yeah. uh, you know earlier as we speak, working on a new, literally almost as we speak, because we're in the studio, we're in Wicked Squid, yeah, where you guys are tracking the new album, yep, the new EP rather. Uh, the new single. The new single. The new single. We're working on a new single right now, yes. It's turning into an EP eventually, yeah. though, right? I mean, maybe. maybe. I guess. Maybe, question mark. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. So cool. uh, here is here is Better Days off our new album, or our newest EP called Better Days. <laughs> Wait. 
won't come easy It's not what I'm used to I'm stuck on repeat She don't feel like you do You do You do Looking forward to better days Sideways, better days. Sideways, I, better days. I, I think, Joe, did we play that? So Joe Steely was actually on the podcast a few episodes Steely. ago. I said it wrong, Steely. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> um, did we play that on that episode? I did. Yeah, I think we did. Yes, sir. So check out Joe Steely and I um, a few episodes back. Yeah. Sideways. Good song. Great Good song. song. Great, great sound. Great power. I mean, it's, it's powerful. It's, there's, it's a nine piece band, four horns, two guitars, bass player, drum, keys, vocalist. It's, it's awesome. It's really cool. So anyone who's heard them live or in studio or, you know, off her new album, you know, becomes a fan, which mm-hmm. is a great feeling. It's an awesome feeling. Yeah. Uh, me and Joe talked about it. It's a great live experience. I'm I'm itching for those live shows. Is there any videos coming out, live streams? What what's coming up in the bend for Sideways? Um, as of right now, we're just we're just focusing on studio time a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of building up a little bit of ammunition for uh when when spring comes. Um, you know, we've been working really hard the past year studio wise rehearsing wise pop-up shows streams and stuff so we're gonna take a little break from that aspect of it and just kind of you know going back to our conversation of short-term planning like we're just kind of waiting to see what we can do um there's only so many streams you can do (laughs) there's only so many like you know pop-up shows you can do in a certain area so we're just gonna wait a little bit and kind of you know, we're cooking something up. I'll say that. Okay. And when the time comes, when the appropriate time comes, we'll release it and it'll be awesome. Mm, yeah. Okay. So. What you guys cooking? Uh, that's all I could say, man. I'll give you a little, <laughs> give a little taste that we're working on something. <laughs> you, you guys, you said you're cooking meth. Yeah, we're cooking meth. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting our batch ready for the next arise. <laughs> yeah, the special is a DMT band. Sideways is a meth band. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> 
Love it. Yeah. Love absolutely. it. Absolutely. Man, it I thanks for opening up about these kind of things because it's interesting. <laughs> I, I think everybody's had whether or not you're doing psychedelic drugs, whether or not you're doing Molly, which honestly, low-dose psychedelics, low-dose Molly, low-dose ketamine, there's a lot of therapeutic reasons that we don't have to dive deep into this. But there's a lot to say that there's therapy that allows people to shed past traumas, open up something that's stiff within them. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened to you. You basically were stiff. You're living a life of, you know, a happy life in terms of finances and achievement, but it sounds like you had a lot more to offer yourself and the world around you and the psychedelics. It's not like you're just going and partying and doing drugs every day of the week. It was actually something that, I don't know, it flipped something. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, before that, before that event, I, I don't, I didn't really do drugs. Sure. You know, I did in high school and stuff, um, experiment experimenting with those same drugs but on a different scale a different social level mm. but when i was working this job uh the sales job i didn't do any of that i was completely sober i don't even drink in and to this day i still don't drink i just don't like the effects of alcohol on myself but um now i'm i'm more open to these drugs uh, on a medicinal level more than a recreational level you know sure. arise arise will always be my purge yeah socially okay you know that's when i go all out yeah on molly and mushrooms those are my drugs of choice there molly and mushrooms and it's a great combination <laughs> but um <laughs> when i'm not at arise which is you know 360 days out of the year um Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Um, when I'm not at a rise for you know, which is 360 days out of the year, <laughs> I, I'm I'm microdosing. Yeah. On mushrooms. Um, not every day. Are you on mushrooms right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. There's there's certain there's certain spurs where I go, where I where I microdose for like sure. a week at a time. Right. Um, like 0.2 grams a yep. day. You know. Um, just enough to heighten my sentences just a little bit, a fraction mm -hmm. where you could noticeably make a difference, which makes me a more, um, effective person day to day. And then, you know, and then I take a break cause I don't want to rely on it every day and then build a tolerance to it. So then I go like on a two, three week, you know, period of time where I don't microdose and then I go back into it. So I go in cycles. But then when a rise comes, I'm doing 0.2 grams a second. <laughs> <laughs> the purge. The purge is what I call it. My annual purge. Yeah. Where I don't bring any camera equipment, where mm. I don't, when I, where I shut my phone off and just become one with the festival, you know? Um, like I said earlier, it was a huge culture shock for me. I, I obviously haven't become one of those people where I am naked and, you know, free and frolicking around, but I've become more acceptant of the, w of the people who tend these music events. You know, I, I now appreciate everybody for who they are and what they represent. And I just so happen to blend in with them because I've become one of those people who appreciate it as much as they do. So, 
That's yeah. the best way I could describe it. That's part of the beauty of it all, you know. When when you go to an event like that, there's always bad apples in this world. More often than not, there's hardly any of them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what race you are, what background you're coming from, whether you drink or not, whether you're doing drugs or not. People are friendly. People are more open-minded. People are more eccentric and wild and crazy. And you can be totally sober and have an incredible time Mm -hmm. just in the fact it's a place where you can let that go. Yeah. You can let that purge happen. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's, it's, I think if you talk to most any musician or music lover, they'll have minimum one to three stories about when that happened for them. Sure. Um, Absolutely. I think it's awesome that you told yours because we don't talk about drugs too much on the podcast. I've been wondering if Facebook's going to cancel me at some point because I talk shit about them all the time and I fucking swear all the time and I hate Facebook. Yeah. Love you, Facebook. But, <laughs> uh, dude, I, I want I want to dive deeper. I, I kind of want to go Joe Rogan with you, but we're in Wicked Squid Studios. We don't want to hold the studio up all night. So yeah. we're going to have to do a part two. We're going to have to do a part two, man, because I could, I could dive real deep in 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 into like the effects and brain I, like i know the chemical differences and and all the chemical effects that happen in your brain and i know what these drugs are actually doing to me mm. and like understanding the the chemical formulas of how those drugs affect you on a physical standpoint and then a mental standpoint just makes you appreciate it a whole lot more and and makes me feel more comfortable with what i'm ingesting in my body you know what i mean yeah so um and then again to channel what it's doing in here out into the world like i could talk for hours on that shit so let's do a part two start a whole new podcast yeah or listen to andy frasco's show he talks about this kind of stuff a lot all the time man i love listening to andy frasco yeah joe rogan andy frasco is like i I listen to them all the time great so follow up Obviously, we want to keep in touch with La Special. We already love La Special. We love the sideways. We're keeping in touch. Is there any way to make it easy? Where where should I go? Website. Should I call you personally? If if I'm listening, should I be sending an email? Should I be subscribing to something? What well, what what should we do to keep in touch with you guys? Uh, the best the best thing to do right now um, is just follow us on Instagram, and our link tree is in our bios. Um, to make it easier, my Instagram is at CB video marketing. That's C B video marketing. And in my bio is with specials, Instagram, the sideways Instagram, and in their bios are link trees, which, you know, opens up our Spotify, Apple music, Google play, Facebook, Instagram, yada, 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 yada. yada. And we'll toss those in the show notes too, to make it even easier on everyone. Yeah, look at that. Just making it convenient for the world. Yeah. Anything we missed? Obviously, I'd love to jump on the tour with you. I'd love to. Um, you mentioned this offline. You, you're you almost like a celebrity in the fact you get to see live music. Because someone's got to film these live shows. Someone's got to record these live streams. How's it been, man, in, in the fact that... Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so blessed that I get to during these times put on earplugs and and 
and film and photography or uh, film and photograph these shows. Yeah. It's really cool just to, you know, I don't mean to rub it in, but you know, that, that vibration you get in your chest from the PA and, and like the sounds and the visuals, it's all right in front of you. It's, it's truly been a blessing during this year for me to experience that and continue experiencing that with these live streams. So, um, you know, the, the special team is working as hard as they can. The sideways team is working as hard as we can. And we're trying to, we're trying to keep this, this, we're trying to keep live music alive is yeah. basically what we're doing. You know, that's why this stream for the special was free. You know, we want to give the people what they want without having to worry about money, you know, but you know, even though the stream happened a couple of days ago, it's not too late to donate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, listen, I'm going to rewatch the stream. I'm going to donate. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, dude, I, I'm just excited to see what happens. I'm staying optimistic in all this, you know? Yeah. Love to see the live music come back. Till then, let's keep on doing what we're doing, right? Yeah, man, and I and I love what you're doing too. You know, rep in Rochester. That's why, that's why I'm here, man. I'm I was born and raised in Rochester, so I always got to represent my my city. I love it. And again, shout out to Wicked Squid here. Yeah, huge shout out to taking Wicked Squid. me out of my comfort zone. I'm used to sitting behind a computer with a headset on. We got the mics. We were joking about it. I don't know if anyone noticed, but at the start, the mic was like inching downward <laughs> on me yeah i mean totally a learning curve totally fun and um in these times i'm happy we're still able to you know get together and do it yeah right on man yeah thank you again cool ben al uh i almost called you ben albert because <laughs> we were just talking to ben albert oh, um chilbert chilbert you almost called me ben albert yeah that's my name oh i just got the that's, bens yeah, mixed you up got, dude. i just got the bens mixed up ben albert rochester <laughs> Groovecast. Here in the flesh. So awkward. <laughs> I'm tired, man. I just drove in from Boston Pickle yesterday. Pickle Mafia's upstairs. Ben yeah. Chilbert, Charlie Linder. Ben Chilbert. Yeah. I almost called you Ben Albert. He's when chill. Your name is ben Albert. He's chill. I'm L. <laughs> if you were to ask him, he'd say he's chill and I'm L. Cool. That's what he would say. I think All he right. came up with that. Sweet. Ben Albert. There you go. Thanks, man. Yeah. You. <laughs> Cool, that's a wrap. And cut. <laughs>